well, I don't know you, and you don't know me, but I can say with certainty, with fairly certainty, that majority or many in this room share with me something of great value. Actually, not just great value, of the greatest value, right? Those of us that have been changed by this great value know what we're talking about. This, this incredible providence, providential gift from the Lord is, is what shapes and molds how we relate to one another. And so with confidence, I can know that what, when I would otherwise be a stranger with no, very little affiliation, once we figure out that we have this shared providential gift from God, all of a sudden there can be deep affection, a unity, right? A unity that, that bonds a lifetime. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that I'm not speaking to a bunch of strangers, right? If you're here this morning, and, and perhaps you're not a Christian, perhaps you're not sure or you just don't find yourself believing all that you've already heard this morning, you're, we're so grateful to have you here. I'm, I'm a guest, so I, it feels weird welcoming you, but, but I, I think Sovereign Hope Church is, is thankful that you are here and, and desires you to be here. But let me encourage you, if you're here this morning and you aren't a believer, I want you to stop and consider, consider what providence from God, what gift from God could I be talking about? Consider even the songs that we have sung, the prayers that we have just prayed, and even the word that is spoken. Consider me listening for that providential gift from God. Well, this morning, as Pastor Tyler just read, uh, we are going to be looking at the book of Philippians. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. And so if you haven't already, turn, turn there with me to Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to give just a brief context there. This is hard to do while I'm trying not to drink water. The Apostle Paul is a prisoner of Rome. Uh, he, he's, he's written three letters out to different churches, different areas, and this is just one of them. Uh, this, this particular letter reads a, a little bit different than his other letters. There's a, a tone of thanksgiving throughout the letter. We'll see that even in our passage this morning. There, there's just a, a, a gratitude for the church in Philippi and for God for blessing him with these people and for for this providential gift that we're going to be talking about. So we're going to actually read again our text. Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote, starting in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. You are all partakers with me of grace, 
both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Paul, Paul is pretty clear here with his feelings, right? And if you're like me and hearing someone talk about their feelings, you might feel a little squirmish. Don't, don't worry. This is, this is a good exegetical work of Paul to consider all that's going on. He's expressing his love for the church. He's expressing how grateful and thankful he is for them. And then he's also just expressing how glorious our Lord is in, in providing the church and, and doing all that the Lord is doing. He's, he's just overwhelmed with thanksgiving and love. But along the way, there's also this sense of future, isn't there? There's an element of, of something's coming. He mentions the day of Christ twice in this short passage of words. Look there again in verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to the completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And then verse 10 again. Uh, and so you would be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. See this future focus. Yes, Paul is thanking them. And by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is he's teaching them and us the implications of a sweet partnership together in the gospel. Paul is, is playing the long game and thinking of the long game for his brothers and sisters in Philippi. And he's making this argument. He's claiming this point in our passage today. That the providence of God produces truth-bound thanks, godly affections, and causes the church to endure to the end. If you're a note taker, this is our main point. Providence of God. It produces thankfulness and godly affections. And it causes the, the church to endure to the end. So our passage, we have three points. It's, it's a very typical sermon, three points. Uh, the first point, which is probably the most obvious point, you can see it right there, verses three through six, the gospel leads to thanksgiving. The gospel, which means good news, right? Leads to thanksgiving, that makes sense. Point two, the gospel leads to godly affection. You can see that in verses seven through eight. And finally, point three, the gospel causes God's people to endure to the end, verses nine through 11. So first point, the gospel leads to thanksgiving. Our passage starts with thanksgiving, right? Verse three, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Now, don't, don't forget the context here. Paul is a prisoner of Rome. He's in prison. A lot of scholars will uh, will tell you if, you, if you read up on this context, you'll, you'll learn that many, and likely Paul, prisoners of Rome, would have been in chains to another guard, 
they would have been somehow fastened or tethered to a guard with a, a, a metal handcuff of sorts or chains. And Paul, here's saying, he's thankful. A natural disposition for anyone in this state, what I would imagine would be the opposite of Thanksgiving, right? Here, Paul, doing what brings glory to God, honoring him, living for him, gets him what? Chains. God has sovereignly placed Paul in prison for doing the very thing that brings glory to God. And Paul is thankful. And not only that, Paul is giving credit to God for his thankful heart. We just had Thanksgiving. Uh, Perhaps you guys have never heard of this rare and unique tradition that some do. Uh, You go around the table and you share what you're thankful for. Anyone do that? (laughs) Uh, We did that at our house. And I, I was the one that started. I asked the kids and my wife what, what they're thankful for. And I was like, oh, I should think of what I'm thankful for. <laughs> like, well, maybe I'll listen to my family, hear what they say. Pokemon. Screen time. No, there was some good things too. Uh, and I gave thanks. I, I, I said I was so thankful for the Lord. I was thankful for his grace and mercy. I was thankful for our church family. The church has been an incredible blessing to us, especially in this season. We've just been overwhelmed with support and love. But as I was sitting there with a a plate full of food and my expendable pants and just my family, I I just was hit with this reality that, man, I don't think I scratched the surface of how thankful I ought to be. Christians, do you know, do you know how we grow in our thanksgiving? Or even where thanksgiving comes from? It comes from remembering who we are in Christ, who we were apart from Christ, and who we are in Christ. Right? When we remember this, our hearts are driven to thankfulness. When we meditate on this reality, when we stare at the gospel, circumstances all around us lose their impact on the, the deeper reality of God's incredible provision. So Christians, brothers and sisters here, remember what Christ has done. Remind yourselves of his grace and mercy and how unworthy you are of this providential gift of forgiveness in Christ. Stare at the gospel. Well, Paul, he's saying he is, he is thankful to God for this church in Philippi. What is he thankful for? In verse five, he says he's thankful for their partnership. Later in verse 7, he'll explain more of what that partnership looks like. They, they, they partnered with him in both his imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Oh, 
They selflessly, the church in Philippi, selflessly gave to keep Paul alive in prison. Not just for his life, but for the sake of the gospel. They were driven by the grace of God to care and love Paul, to keep him alive. Now keep in mind, going out of your way to support a prisoner of Rome was no meek or mild thing. No, this, this was incredible. Uh, I just wrote a letter to someone I know that's incarcerated, and this was no bold act. The state is not going to look at me and say, oh, he's an enemy of the state. No, the letters go freely back and forth. You can talk to, to whoever, usually, I think. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But to, to affiliate with an enemy of the state in Rome was far different. They were risking their lives by partnering with Paul. Sovereign Hope Church, does your hope in God's sovereignty drive you to, to, to risking your lives or, or being selfless with your partnerships in the gospel? Do you see what you have in our Lord Jesus? And does it drive you to desire to support, to love, to care, to partner selflessly with others? Their partnership was not only their life-giving support of Paul, but in their faithful response to God's salvation. This is what Paul means by their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You see that in verse five again. Paul is saying that from the day they were saved, they had been going about their lives proclaiming this good news. Despite what Paul, what, despite Paul's circumstances, this church is boldly boasting of Jesus Christ and his salvation. Have you ever met someone that has just been saved, like maybe later on in years? They often just, they don't get it. They just go for it. They're like all about boasting in what they have in Jesus. Like they're not afraid to look like weirdos or be rejected by society. This is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to faithfully respond to what we have in Jesus. This is a beautiful mark of a child of God that's been renewed. Well, the church in Philippi were being faithful ever since the day they were saved. And Paul, Paul says he's confident, confident they will continue to do so until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. Why such confidence? How can Paul be so confident that they're gonna endure to the end? Well, my wife and I, as you've heard, we're in the middle of raising su support. It's a weird season, I'll be honest, but it's an it's a incredibly blessed season. We have found ourselves time after time just blown away at the selflessness and love and support of the beloved. So many that, that have just come alongside us and, and invested in us because of their love for the Lord and their love for us. It's just been overwhelming. It would be easy for us, maybe not my wife because she's much wiser, but it would be easy for me to look at that and say, oh, look at what they're doing. 
I'm confident that they're going to endure to the end. That's not what Paul's doing, is it? Paul, Paul is confident in something different, in someone different. Paul sees the fruit of the people and gives praise to the one who produces such fruit, God Almighty. It is he who began a good work, and it is he who will carry it on to the day of Christ Jesus. Praise be to God, for it's him who begins it. For it's him who keeps us until the end. Non-Christian, whether it seems to be true or not to you, whether you believe this or not, God tells us that all, you, me, the person sitting next to you, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know what that means? It means apart from Christ Jesus, you have been found judged and guilty. And not judged by just any judge. No, you were judged by the creator of heaven and earth, the perfect judge. But it is this same judge, that same creator of all, who with grace and mercy sent his son to take the punishment that we all deserve. And because his son was perfect in every way, both truly God and truly man, he conquered death, rose again so that any, any who believe in him repent trusting in him will be clothed in his righteousness will be forgiven will share in his glory to use the words from our text in his blameless state be pure and have eternal life this is the greatest news Friend, non-Christian, please don't ignore it. Find someone here, find one of the pastors, find someone that it was on stage or that looks like they know what they're talking about. Find someone here at the church. I would love to talk to you too, but especially find someone here at Sovereign Hope to talk to about this. Perhaps walk with them. Have them walk with you through prayerfully considering this truth this good news. Christians, this is why we are thankful. This provision is greater than any gift, any economic status, power, friends, home, job, location where you live. That we might be saved and have Christ as Lord is the greatest news 
that causes our hearts to rejoice, to be thankful. It's this provision that causes our hearts to be thankful. And point two, causes our affections to be godly. Paul says the church in Philippi is in his heart. You see that in verse seven? It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. It would be right for you to understand that any fruit that comes from the church plant in Taiwan can be attributed to your faithfulness, to your partnership. Just because your church is just provided and partnered with us. Do you understand that? Do you see that? This is just one example. I don't want us to be the focus. There are many ways, many ways you are already partnering in the gospel. Lord willing, many more ways that you will be partnering in the gospel. God is using his people as they partner with one another to defend and proclaim the gospel. This, of course, is is not reason to boast. No, again, we remember it is God that produces the fruit. God is glorified in this. As we partner, as we are reminded of the provisions we have in God, especially in Christ Jesus, what he has done on the cross for us, we go about and we proclaim God's news, partnering with one another so that God be glorified among all nations. From time to time, the question I think we ought to ask ourselves, though, is does my partnership with one another reflect the affection of Christ Jesus? Are you loving? Are you loving Christ's bride, the church, family, those the Lord has put in your life, in your path, in a Christ-like manner? There are, there are multiple ways this can play out, right? You, your love for other will be based on the gospel. Not on what you get out of the relationship, but based on what you have been given in Christ. You will seek after those whom you are in covenant with here at Sovereign Hope and seek ways to care and love them. Your love will, will not be about what you receive out of them. Here's one that I often cringe when I hear this application because I'm worried that people are going to start loving me. Your love will be extended to the difficult ones, the ones that are even hard to love. That's the worst when people start loving you (laughs) after that. But it's that kind of love, the love that, that, that crosses economic status or whatever divides you here in this church, whatever differentiates you, whether you're a student or you're an older person, whether you're a single person or you're married, as you love one another with this Christ-like affection, there's a display being made that God, God talks about, a display of God's manifold wisdom going out to the world. And the world is watching and they see what does not make sense. A group of people that gather and love each other because of what they have in Christ Jesus and not because of their anything, you name it. 
this super, supernatural manner brings glory to our Lord. It is a gift. It is a privilege to get to love one another with Christ-like affection. The world watches and sees our forbearance with one another, our forgiveness, our patience, our godly affection. I'm encouraged, Sovereign Hope Church, from what I've heard already of your faithfulness in this way. Of course, no church is perfect. And, and so we continue to, dry, to, to, to strive to grow in our godly affection, right? It, there's a need, an ongoing desire to grow in our godly affection, which brings us to final, our final point, point three. So the, the provision of God that we have has driven us to have thankful hearts, to have godly affection, and that causes God's people to endure to the end. Let me read verses 9 through 11 again. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Our love requires growth, right? There's a necessary progression. None of us are born with a natural ability to love in a pure and godly way. And the opposite, actually. Because of sin, everything is tainted, including the way we love. But because of God's provision, because of what Christ has done on the cross, we are cleansed and can love like he loves. So what, what is this godly affection or love that, that Paul is talking about? Let me, let me just tell you what it's not. It's not an expression or just a, an experience or feeling. It, it, it's, no, it, it, it's so much more. If we were to love as we were called to, we must be tethered. We must be tethered to God's word, to his truth. Do you see that? That your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. There's no way around it. We cannot love with wisdom and pure motives without the gospel. This is why you gather as a church. This is why our gatherings ought to be centered around God's word. There's these repetitive themes that you've, we've sung, we've prayed, and now we are hearing, tethering ourselves to God's truth. As individuals, <clears throat> we desire to be independent. Unfortunately, that often includes being independent of God and his truth. And so, brothers and sisters, we must lean. Lean not on our own understanding, but on his word. Like the original sin 
in the garden, we reject it. We say, I want to be king. I want to be my own authority. How thankful of a heart do you think exists when I am my own authority? How can I love like Christ when all that I love is myself? This is not a description of a child of God, the opposite. I am, Paul would not say, I am certain that he who began a good work in you would continue if all we are about is myself. This is not a, the fruit of someone who has been transformed by the gospel. But how often, how often, if we are honest with ourselves, are we guilty of this heart posture? How often do I lean on my understanding, at least in function, when I don't even look to God and his truth? And yet, and yet, still, God pursues. While we were still sinners, God sent his only son on our behalf. By God's grace, our sin is exposed and lies of boasting and pride are revealed. Our independence of the Lord is, is revealed by his truth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, see, see our deep need for God. Yes, your deep need for his grace and mercy that grace and mercy that is revealed to us in his word. Our need to listen and obey is so prevalent, so utterly dire. If you want to see fruit of righteousness in your lives, we must have a love that is bound, tethered to his truth. We must submit ourselves to the life-giving word of God. And by grace grace because of the salvation we have in Christ and Christ alone, we endure. We endure to the day of Christ Jesus. Christ and in Christ alone, we endure. So beloved, because of the gospel, be thankful. We have thankful reason to be thankful because of the gospel. Oh, may you have Christ-like affections for one another and grow in your love for one another and for the Lord. And because of his provision, church, endure to the end. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving us of your son, for the salvation we have in him. Lord, may our hearts delight in this. May we rejoice and be thankful for what you have done. And Lord, may it drive us to have godly, Christ-like affections with one another. Lord, I pray, I pray for this dear church family. Lord, for Sovereign Hope Church. Lord, may their love abound more and more. 
with the knowledge of all discernment. May they approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.